Megan. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And this is Talking with All, where we discuss real life problems to help you understand how fight and flight and unsupportive meaning takes over your life. Another episode. Yes. So I'm going to introduce something today. Uh, so one of um, somebody I know has uh, said, Jane. Mm. <laughs> we, we decided we're going to call everybody Jane. Jane has decided that she's she's happy for for us to share her experience. Um, so her question was, why why am I living in the house in a house I don't like? Mm. So a little bit of background. She's been living in the house she doesn't like with her family for uh, 21 years as an adult, she says. So I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, And when we started to get into it, she had, um, you can see Rob. (laughs) I've got a little visitor. (laughs) He's just wandering around. Um, So when we got into it a little bit more, she moved about 25 times by the time she was about 16. So they were always moving. Mm. Uh, So when she finally found a home, and you know, got married with her husband and with her kids. She didn't want to leave. Mm. She did not want to leave, even though the house wasn't suitable. It was too small. One of the bedrooms was a problem, and that was her daughter's bedroom. So there was lots of issues with the house. She didn't like it, um, but she was so rooted to the spot. Yeah. And why do we think that might be? You got some thoughts on that? I've got. You know, I've got thoughts on yeah. that. <laughs> I guess there's lots of things going on. She doesn't want to put her kids through what have them have the same experience that she had when she was growing up. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a common theme for parents not wanting to repeat their parents' mistakes. Yeah. 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 And um, familiarity. She knows. She knows. She doesn't like it, but we know this doesn't have to like it. It just has to know it. Um, Yes. Yeah, I guess there's you can you can put your little <laughs> <laughs> Well for her for, for her experience of not having a solid foundation for such a long time. Mm. You know, there's no no safety where you don't have a solid foundation. This is why we build castles and houses and because we like solid foundations. Physical mm. solid foundations are mm. a good um, metaphor for our emotional solid foundation and our mental solid foundation. So she didn't have that, Mm. moving all the time, um, moving between cities all the time. So there's not an opportunity to create friends, to create bonded groups. Mm. Uh, There was lots of uh, potential problems with her her parents as well. That might have fed into that. Um, That's me speculating now. I'm not talking about her case in particular. But it's the solid foundation of not having that. So she had no sense of stability growing up. And that's one of our fundamental um safeties is security yeah but it makes me think about um structured flexibility as well so she probably lost that because when you're talking about castles and you know fortress or however we want to call whatever we want to call it um on things like that and I don't know if this is going too much off topic but on things like that I've heard the likes of Brene Brown talk about having a good um drawbridge holder and I think it's probably a little bit off topic but it's that firm solid foundation but if you can't have a bit of flexibility in that or any flexibility in that you can only keep the fort the castle strong but you can't make 
a lot of movements because when you've got a strong castle, unless you can open and shut the door safely, there's no not going to be a lot of movement. So, so her decision may have been, I can't be safe unless I'm in one place. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't have a solid foundation. I don't have a solid base from which to live my life mm. for such a long time that I now need. That becomes my my primary goal is to maintain that, even if it's unsuitable. Mm. So, and I don't know whether Brene Brown was talking about what what came into my head about that. I don't know if she was talking about this. But what came into my head when you said the drawbridge thing mm. is to me, if you've got to wind up a drawbridge, you're in defence. Mm. You're trying to protect yourself. And I think maybe it was more, and it very well could have been, it was a long time ago I heard that analogy and I, I just liked being able to open it rather than I thought about the open thing rather than the closed thing for people yeah. who were really stuck in that yes. place. Um, but maybe the um, drawbridge, yeah, I mean, I agree. The defence, we don't want to be yes. stuck in a in a defence um no, we don't. We don't want to build walls. We don't want to. That's not how you become strong. Yeah. Except that's how you become strong in defense. Yeah. That's how you defend better. That's yeah. not how you live better. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean don't have walls. No. Like we still need some protection from the elements per se. Yeah. But if you're um, build, building, depends on your environment too. I mean, if I lived in Johannesburg, I might like walls a lot. Yeah. You know, where there's high crime rates or I think Detroit in the US or things like that. Mm. Uh, I might like high walls mm. uh, in order to be able to live my life. There's a level of protection. But we've achieved in, I'm talking about in Western society, that we we find that we've got shelter and we've got a level of security. I know in Jane's example too, it wasn't just the physical moving around. Mm. He didn't have emotional stability either growing up and that's reflected in the, how often they moved. Mm. Um, so she didn't have emotional stability. She didn't have secure attachment with her parents because of all the moving. Mm. So now she's in a situation or she was when she moved into this other house where she now gets that right? mm. by having a physical foundation, it helps me build emotional foundation in theory. Mm. Because if that's all also a problem, that's just going to add to your reluctance to move. So she talks about, the fear of change but when you say problem. in theory just to just to track back a little bit are you saying it's an unsupportive meaning she's giving it yes yeah and it's keeping her in flight and fight yeah yeah so I just that's what sort of i mean. bring that back in a little bit yeah. yeah so if you're not in flight and fight then a yeah. solid foundation physically can permeate into your emotional stability mm. That's why we feel nice and safe at home if we do feel safe at home. Mm. Uh, it's when we start to make our world smaller because we're in flight and fight, the home is the first place we retreat to and then it'll be a room in the home mm. or then it'll be the couch or the bed in the home. We mm. keep making our world smaller and smaller and smaller because the smaller the space we have to defend, the safer we'll feel yeah. when we're in defence. Yeah. That's why it's because yeah. it's much less territory to defend if mm. it's small. Yeah. Yeah. So creating safety under the doona, head in the sand, that's even worse because now I can't see my attackers and now that makes me feel safe. Mm. So I'll go, I'm going to hide under my doona and mm. under my blankets, whatever the word is that you use. Yeah. So that's, that's why I said theoretically because it really depends on am I doing this for flight and fight reasons? Am I doing this to maintain or support my defences so I yeah. can defend better 
or am I doing this because this is about living the life that I want to have? It's a very clear distinction when you're, when you've experienced both in relation to something. So Mm. when you've, when you can recognize I'm in flight and fight here. Oh, that's what it feels like when you're not in flight and fight in relation to that. Yeah. Okay. I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that solid foundation. And she just did not have it mentally, emotionally, physically. So that's why she was so attached to having the physical space. Mm. I want to change it because I know what changing that space looks like. Mm. And that's what she's trying to avoid. Mm. So changing that space meant I've got to find a new friend group. Um, I've got to settle in somewhere else. I've got to get used to my new bedroom new mm. town, all these, all this change that she had to cope with and couldn't as a child, mm. not being supported in that change either because if her parents supported her in that or understood it better, they mm. perhaps wouldn't have moved so much. Yeah. I don't know their circumstances, so I'm not judging. Right. Uh, but that's undoubtedly had an impact on mm. her ability to, to form secure attachments, to maintain them. Um, and then, and what I mean by that is that you will maintain a situation we know is not good for us because it's better than the alternative, we yeah. think. So the alternative is disaster. I'm going to fall into the pit of despair and I'm never going to get out again. So at least this is better than that. Yeah. That's what I mean by defend betting. I want to hold on to that really hard, even though it doesn't suit me. Yeah. So if we can get to the reason about why you think there's a pit of despair, if you don't do this, Mm. now we're getting to the meaning behind it. What's the Mm -hmm. meaning you've attached to the original experience or trauma or set of experiences that's led you? Because for hers, it was a set of experience, not just one. It was 16 moves. Yeah. Or 24, however many I said. I think it was 24 by 16. That's a lot of moves in a young life. Yeah. So you want to hold on in a a full life. I don't, I haven't moved that much. Well, (laughs) apart from traveling, I haven't moved that much, you know, different hotels when you're traveling, but apart from that, um, yes, 24 times in, in six months, probably easily. I probably did that when I was traveling, but not, not growing up as a child, staying six months in one place. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I just said different context. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in this context, that's why she had to hang on to it because the fear was if I change it, I'm back where I was Yeah, with the unstable family, the unstable home, unstable thinking undoubtedly was happening as well. So I don't want to change that. I don't want to, mm-hmm. and also don't want to lose what I've gained. So she mm-hmm. had stable family, kids. She had everything she didn't have growing up. Yeah. So now I have to hang on to all. And if she's attached a meaning to, you can only have a stable family if you live in the same house. Yeah. If that's the meaning that she's made from that experience, because mm. that's now her new experience, you yeah. can't change the house. Yeah. What happens if you change the house? Oh my God, my relationship will fail. Yeah. My kids will hate me. I'm not doing that. So again, I'm not saying this is what happened to Jane. Just talking no, about what could it. It's a subconscious meaning that she's come to the conclusion yes. or potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So working with her was really not knowing this on a conscious level. Yeah. I mean, she talks about, if I can just refer to my notes again, that she said that she had a fear of change and a fear of no control. So control was a big thing for her. Like she must've felt so out of control with all of those moves, undoubtedly who wouldn't. So now she was in a situation where she felt there was a lot more control. So changing it was just, that's no, 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 we're not going there. We're not going to do that. But at least she had the, you know, the wherewithal to go, I know this is a problem. Yeah. I don't understand why it's a problem. Yeah. 
So once she understood that we do this from a flight and fight perspective, and then the meaning we attach to these experiences drives our behavior moving forward, mm. absolutely drives the behavior. Mm. Um, and she said, still took her three years of doubt after starting working with me, three years of doubt, um, three years of looking, three years of indecisiveness, all of those things about, am I doing the right thing by looking for another house? Mm. And she did, she moved mm. into a house that was much more suitable for her. It didn't come without its problems. Mm. So it didn't come without its issues either because it wasn't the perfect home. It was far better than what it was. But mm. then I think she realised that she probably settled for some things that had she not been driven by her past experiences, she may not have accepted. Do you know yeah. what I mean? When she was looking. Yeah, yeah. So, And we often do this. You know, this is good enough for now. I think we we make those. There's nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time. This is good enough for now. Um, but I think when you start to self-reflect and go, so knowing what I know about flight and fight and how it was affecting me, I can now see why I thought this was good enough for now. And if I had that choice again, maybe I wouldn't have chosen that house. But she's not worried about it anymore. Yeah. You know, it doesn't bother her enough to go, I need to get out of this house. Whereas before the previous house, she knew how bad it was for her. Yeah. But she also knew what it was solving for her. Yeah. There's a real dueling banjos going on with her wanting to stay because it solved the problems of her past. Yeah. but didn't like where she was. So it wasn't solving the problems of her past. And we so, would call that dichotomy. When you say dueling banjos, yeah. another yeah, it's a dichotomy. So when you think of one side and instantly think of the other side, you yeah. don't damned move if you do. with it. Yeah. yeah. Damned if you do, damned it's if you don't. Up. Accelerate a break. Is that another example? Yes. That? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> you yeah. can talk about it. No, it's just I can that, talk about anything. I know. And that's what this is all about, right? That it's that when the analogy of the accelerator and the brake on at the same time, your wheels are spinning, but you're not really going anywhere. And I think yeah. in, interestingly this week uh, for me, the accelerator brake analogy didn't resonate so much until we got to the meaning be, behind it. But another aspect of that was like a tightrope. They couldn't put a foot wrong. Um, and trying to balance all that time of like, am I going to tip this way or that way or that way or that way? Yeah. Yeah. But um, it'd be the tightrope walker who's not walking. Yeah. They're just standing in the middle of the tightrope going, I can't move. Yeah. Yeah. That's a freeze response. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I guess the house was a freeze response as well I think it was I think it yeah. definitely it was yeah that's a good that's a good observation yes mm. I hadn't thought about that but yes it is now that you've said it yes yeah I, I guess we can lay fight flight freeze faint <laughs> friend I, I, I once said to last time. I once said to my sister that give me a topic like like that um from the big fat Greek wedding give me any word and I'll tell you what the word is from from Greek yeah Greek I'm like give me any topic and I'll tell you what the flight for any symptom and I she think... goes I've got a sore hip and I went have you got a sore hip and she goes well where's my flight and fight discussion <laughs> it took me a moment because I'm like have you got a sore? I didn't know you had a sore hip <laughs> yeah so yes but I think yeah, that's as... relevant to bring into all of this because I think that's the message we're trying to spread with this, but also with the understanding that the fight-flight response is a symptom of an unsupportive meaning or... Yes, it's what did you... experience. Yeah. It, when you ask the question, what does it mean to me that this happened, whatever mm. this is? Mm. What does it mean to me? Can I be me given what's just happened? Mm. And if your answer is I can't, 
mm. or I don't know, you're going to be in survival. Yeah. Because if you don't know who you are in relation to some some something that's happened to you, like, and I've used the example of a car. If I have an accident and I don't know now if I'm a good driver or not, mm. now I'm going to be in defence when I drive mm. because I'm not sure I'm a good driver. I don't know. But if you bring it back to the house example, that what you're talking about there, if we bring that back to why didn't she move? Yeah, so I think it was what would it mean to me? And I think for her it was I'm going to be out of control. Yeah. So I'm going to be, can I be me? No, I can't because I'll be out of control. Yeah. So she yeah. had a couple of reasons about been her experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's her observation of it. Like she mm. thinks it was fear of change, fear of no control. So that's what the decision is. Can I be me given that I've moved 24 times before I was 16? No, she's already come to that conclusion. No. And so when we have these decisions, we will look for solutions. If we can't find them inside ourselves, we'll look for external solutions to give us the answers. And hers was to stay in the same house for 21 years. Mm. That was an external solution. The values would come into that as well. Sorry? values her values would come into that as well her values around family yeah I think what's what's important to her yes um she was she had a very strong value of not doing it like her mother did and her father did she wanted to not be like that so yes um but I've also I also think it's the the um wanting to have a bonded relationship which she had with a family Mm. and then how do I ensure that that remains again Mm. this is about defending better remember not living so yeah. how can I ensure that the stability that I've got in a relationship and she's, she connected it to the house. Yeah. It's because I'm living now in a stable environment, mm. but as with anything that's external to us, it's never enough mm. to solve the problem. Yeah. So the house staying in the house still wasn't enough. No, it wasn't enough. She still yeah. was having issues. Yeah. And that's why when she moved to the new house, there were still pro- not the same problems. Yeah. We overcame a lot of those. She yeah. talks about the the change in mindset that she had mm. um, as a result of what we were doing. And that was the key difference for her. But that's not to say she didn't, like her life was all sunshine and rainbows yeah. when it moved, when she moved. It just took away that layer of this is what this stress is that's underlying and driving everything that I'm doing at the moment. She didn't need to do it that way anymore. Yeah. But it, that's because she'd done the inner work. Yes. That's so right. doing the inner work is what makes the change, not just by moving house. Yeah. Not yeah. by just going, yay, look, I've conquered my fear of moving because I moved. I think if she moved without the inner work, she would have just packed up all the problems as well in a box and brought them with her. And you do. And she, she did. Not she all the problems. She could have mustered up enough, like, I've got to keep, yep. do this, I've got to keep going, I've got to, like, yep. da, 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 da. I think Positive. for her it was the realisation that wasn't the problem. The house um, wasn't the problem. Yeah. I think she knew a lot of this. It's just when somebody frames it a little bit differently with you, it can be, yeah, I can I can see now that was a flight and fight response. I and think that's, that's a nice pretty thing. common in our in our work too. That it's yes. we're not like that we know. When when something yeah. comes up in a session it, as a client, if you're lying on the bed ourselves having a session, we're like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's the danger of knowing about this stuff is like yeah. you can kind of go, oh, my God, I just, that was so flight and fighty. Yeah. And then I'm instantly, <laughs> like I say, I'll say to my son, I'll go, you know, I just, I was having a moment. That yeah. was so flight and fighty. I'm really, I'm sorry about that. 
But isn't that a nice place to live where you can reflect it and is. understand that it's a normal response, you're a yeah. normal human responding to normal human things. And I think what it does is it takes the self-criticism away. Yeah. Or at least for, for some people it will just be a layer of it. But I think having some understanding about why you do what you do mm. takes that self-criticism away because you're going like, so if that's a flight and fight behavior and every single person on the planet has flight and fight behaviors, mm. actually, okay, I'm a little bit more normal now. Mm. Yeah. I'm not as much of a problem as I thought I was. Yeah. And we're all just, I mean, there's just varying expressions of them. It's like a yeah. uh, scale. Yes. So it is our mission to, to help people understand flight and fight. Yeah. And importantly, the meaning that they're making from those experiences because they go hand in hand. The only reason you stay in flight and fight is because you've got an unsupportive meaning there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And you can uncover this for yourself. That's the self-reflection. That's the inner work. That's being prepared to um, do what you can do to make your own inner world as harmonious as possible, mm. whether that's doing yoga or lots, lots of support things like yoga and things like that that you can do to make you feel a lot better on the inside that all those things give you space to help you to heal from this because given the opportunity your your mind will heal from this any everything anything that happens to you you have the ability to do it you Mm. have the capacity to do it Mm. but you can't if you're in flight and fight because when did solving your problems save you from a tiger never yeah so while you're in flight and fight you just don't have the the bandwidth to be able to address it Mm. But the first step is understanding, seeing that this is a flight and fight behavior. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't always see that in the moment. It's not going to be in the moment that you're going to see this is a flight flight behavior. It's more often than not upon reflection. Yes. In my own experience, I can be in the middle of a fight flight behavior and then look back and think, ah, that was fight flight. Yeah. I I, I tend to, I, I think with practice, you do notice it. So mm. I can notice it sometimes when I'm in it and I'll go, I'm not going to say that sentence now because mm. I think I think I know what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there are other times you're so caught up in it, you're so caught up in that anger at the yeah. person's just pulled in front of you that you just. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, you can even know you're in it. I suppose if we take that a little bit further, when you've done enough, when you have enough knowledge around it, you can know you're in it but still not know how to solve it. No, but you can do something about it in the moment. There's a really quick trick. You you mentioned to me about this in a text um, mm. uh, and we talked about how can we support people that might be listening to this and or watching mm. is to how can we change something? If we recognise we're in flight and fight, so we might be feeling a bit of anxiety, panic, depression, whatever the flight and fight behaviour you've identified, in the moment you can do a quick breathing technique. If it's going to work, it'll work within about two or three breaths. If it's not going to work, it's not going to work. It's just, you don't have the bandwidth to deal with it, but you could try it and see. Um, And you can always comment below if if you've tried it and it worked because I'd love the feedback. And that is you breathe in, breathe in again and breathe out. So you go, and the more noise you make with it, the better, because that just gets some vibration happening in your body as well. So you just don't do it as quickly as I just did it because you'll, you'll hyperventilate. So it's like, so you do two or three of those uh, and see if it just changes things. Um, there's, there's some good science behind why that works. It directly affects your vagal nerve. We can talk about that in another podcast because or um, episode 
yeah <laughs> because we're just about finished for today yeah. uh so yeah just have a have a go at that have you ever yeah. tried doing it I know I have yeah, yeah I've tried it I actually yeah. yeah I do it I do do it occasionally but it, again it's one of those things that you have to remember sometimes and it's hard to remember yes. in the moment yeah, yeah and, it is, and, and I do deep breathing I understand that it's a nice deep breath it sounds like a cliche because it's everywhere they tell everywhere i'll oh, just breathe yeah you know just breathe but it's nice like, to yeah, why we're breathing yeah there the there is method in that madness so even if when you it's not madness but if you hear it and you go oh my god just don't tell me to breathe yeah <laughs> but the reason is that it works because that vagal nerve is so receptive as soon as your breathing changes it's the one thing that our brain pays attention to first is the oxygen coming in because mm. you can if only you're survive standing in front of a tiger and deep breathing yeah your body's going to go where's the, there's no tiger <laughs> i can stand here and deep breathe but if your eyes are seeing a tiger you that deep breathing's not going to work no, if you need to muster up the courage and to i do think it. that's the beauty of us trying to spread these kind of messages because people think uh exactly what you said oh yeah, tell me to deep breathe one more time. But if you understand why and what it's doing and why yeah. you're in that situation a little bit better in the first place, then you might can reconsider something that will benefit you rather yeah. than make you feel like, well, that doesn't work for me because that mm. can perpetuate the fight yes. flight. It's important to remember it's a strategy, not yeah. a solution. Yeah, yeah. Strategies are about support. They're not solutions because mm. a strategy is something you have to maintain. Yeah. And if you have to maintain it, it's not a solution. No, that's right. So remembering that the breathing, when you're told just breathe it out, no, that's just a strategy. Mm. And I'm going to say just a strategy because I don't mean to diminish it. It's strategies no. are really, really, really important. Um, it's a good strategy to use to try and give you some space because mm. strategies are about space. Mm not solutions, but mm. you can find the solution in the space. Yeah. That's what the breathing is giving you. And that's mm. why the phrase breathing room, what is breathing room, but space. Yeah. Give me some breathing room. <laughs> give me some breathing room. I need some space right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a bit of separation from the problem, but I want to move away mm. from the tiger a little bit. Give me the There's breathing so space. Yeah. yeah we and could just keep going. we got to this from a lady who moved here. <laughs> yes. And Many I think we're done. I think we're, we've talked enough. We've been yeah. talking for a while. Yeah. All so, right. Well, if you like what you see, you. we've just got to get people to follow along. Yes, if please subscribe. Like please. Yeah. Please, we really appreciate it. And like and share and comment. Please comment. Love to read your comments. Yeah, we would love to hear what you're thinking because we want this for people. So yes, anyone who yeah. is interested and wants to understand the inner work and the growth and all the things that can happen when you understand yourself better. Yeah, anyway. particularly if you don't have access to someone like us to mm. to help you through it then this is a great way to help hopefully hopefully no <laughs> all right nice right. it's great talking to you again see ya it's all right it's all